What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. Following that interview with Kevin Owens, we got footage shown earlier in the day from earlier in the day where the Street Profits were clowning on Austin Theory backstage. Theory retorts that they'll probably both be unemployed soon while he has a match against John Cena at WrestleMania. Theory asks which of them is tougher between the two and says he thinks it's Angelo Dawkins, not Montez. Montez is just a joke. And he falls flat on his face every time he's given an opportunity, unlike Theory himself, who always thrives when given a chance to shine. Dawkins then challenged Theory to a match later, and Theory accepted while laughing, walking away after asking what they're both doing at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, nothing. So then we got Austin Theory versus Angelo Dawkins. This was a back-and-forth match that saw Theory eventually get the win with A-Town down. After the match, Theory locked in an STF on Dawkins until Montez made the save. And that was that for this segment. I'm already noticing a boost of confidence in Theory. In the time between what, you know, when Vince left and now, no, a couple weeks ago before the John Cena thing, um, I actually kind of agreed with what John Cena was saying that Theory was still looking like he was finding himself, like he didn't know uh, if he was confident in this persona um, or if he needed something else. And when I was watching him in this backstage segment and in the match, I was thinking to myself, he doesn't look like he's searching for himself anymore. He looks like he's found himself. He looks like a guy who's getting the thing that he always wanted and realizing that he did good, that he found who he is, that he's gotten there, that he's accomplished his goals, that he has done everything that he wanted to do. Not, I shouldn't say everything, but he's gotten that dream match. He's gotten the match against the guy who is not only just the goat, one of the goats, excuse me, one of the goats, um, but also a guy who is his idol, the guy he got into the business for. And now he gets a match with him at WrestleMania for the title that he holds. That's huge. Especially when that title is technically the top title on Monday Night Raw. Technically, since we don't really get Roman there very often. So, it's a pretty big deal. And I noticed a boost in confidence in theory in the way he talked backstage and the way he presented himself in his entrance and the way he wrestled the match. He looked like a guy who knows that he has the biggest match of his life coming up ahead and that it's make or break and he is ready to make, not break. Well, I guess saying he's ready to make sounds like he has to poop, huh? Sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to say he. I don't think he's going to poop at WrestleMania. <laughs> I think he's ready to do a good job at WrestleMania. Also, uh, on this... Um, Montez Ford is 100% the guy who should beat Theory for the title post-WrestleMania. So it's good to see them slowly building towards that already. Uh, Montez Ford, 
I think, excuse me, I think after WrestleMania, you know, you need to get Theory in a world title hunt in, in the not-too-distant future at, at some point. If, if he beats John Cena at WrestleMania, and we do have a world champion on Raw in Cody, um, I think you eventually are going to have to go the, the route of Austin Theory and Cody Rhodes in a in a title feud. And he'd need to drop the United States title before that. And when that happens, I do think... It, I, 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 in the next few months after WrestleMania, I do think Montez Ford should beat Austin Theory for the United States title. Austin Theory elevated himself with that United States title these last few months. Um, but I believe that Montez Ford has the same uh, potential within him. And I think that the United States Championship, once the... I keep saying once like it's inevitable, but I do think it's inevitable that Cody beats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And I think that um, then it will become a secondary title on Raw again. And it would be good for someone who needs to elevate their status to be holding that title. And then you can kind of make Theory strong as, as a main eventer or against guys of that stature even more than he already is. So... Um, yeah, Ford is 100% the guy, so I like the seeds being planted in the future for that. They've kind of been doing that the past few weeks, and I think it's smart. Next, Heyman talks about Kevin Owens and Cody Rhodes with Kathy Kelly. He also says Roman will be on the show next week, and Cody will acknowledge the Tribal Chief with respect for real. Then we got Rey Mysterio out to talk about um, his Hall of Fame induction and said it feels good to be back on Raw. Talks about how this is an award for all of us. But of course, he's interrupted by Dominic. Dom says, Ray earned this honor at at the expense of his own children. He chose all of these strangers instead of being there for your kids. He says, eighth grade promotion. You said you'd take me out if I got good grades. But when it happened, you were nowhere to be found. You ditched me for WrestleMania. And then he... <laughs> this was just... The absolute best line. He said, uh, I turned 16, and you said you were going to get me a new car, and then all my friends showed up with brand new Mercedes, and you got me a BMW? <laughs> that was... <laughs> I I was not expecting that, because the other one was mean about 8th grade promotion. You're like, damn, well, that's shady. And then you get to this part, and you're like, wait, what'd you just say? I want to slap you so hard. Now you know why Michael Cole... Is such a Dom hater. He's like, man, this kid had a BMW, and he's talking about his dad didn't care. Uh, Dominic then challenged Ray to a match at WrestleMania, but Ray said no. Whether you believe it or not, I still love you, son, and always will. Dom then says, the only thing you taught me is what not to be as a dejected Ray walked to the back. Okay, so I was talking about this match with someone, and something they said to me has definitely... Um, made me feel the same way now at this point. And and that is what is Dom gonna have to do to make Ray accept? You know, I think that I think I, I talked about already on here that it seemed like a, an inevitable thing for Dom to interrupt the Hall of Fame ceremony. And then, you know, that's what finally is the final straw. But as I watch this, like, he's been so damn disrespectful. I almost think that 
it's not enough of a final straw. Um, he's got to do something even worse at the Hall of Fame ceremony, right? Like, so far, he's been kind of a dick to his dad already. Excuse my language. Um, he's kind of been mean to his dad, uh, and it's not working. I don't know if just bombing the Hall of Fame ceremony from a storyline standpoint is enough to get Ray to finally accept. I keep thinking, like, what is he going to have to do? It's going to have to be something with, like, the mom and the daughter. But, I mean, are, are they going to go that far? <laughs> are they going to have Dom act like he's going to beat up Aaliyah? Or, or the mom? Mama, Mama Mysterio? Is that is that is that going to be a thing at the Hall of Fame ceremony? He's going to like pull like one of those movie villain things where they're like hanging from the top of the ceiling and and they <laughs> they're, they're on like a like a plank on the top of the ceiling and and they're going to have to walk the plank or something if uh, if if he says no, I don't know. It's like it makes I, I, he's going to have to Dom's going to have to do something. He's going to have to, like, lock Ray up in jail. That wouldn't make sense either. I don't know. I'm really torn here. I mean, I really just thought that Dom was going to interrupt the Hall of Fame ceremony. But the more this happens and the more Ray refuses, the more I think that a Hall of Fame interruption isn't even enough. I do think he's going to interrupt the Hall of Fame. Hmm. Excuse me. But... Yeah, I think that he's going to have to take it a step further. What that step is, I'm not sure. He's going to have to... Yeah, I don't know. It's not coming to me. I've been thinking about it. I, 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 it does not immediately come to mind. Um, but I think at this point, he's going to have to step things up. That's for damn sure. All right, next, here's a portion of this week's interview on Out of Character. How much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV? Very, very little, very little. I find it more therapeutic from a performance standpoint to completely step outside myself and play uh, something in this particular situation for this company larger than life. I've always wanted to get into a character to bring to life for people that they're not going to be able to see anywhere else, you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, you're someone who I text with every once in a while, and I've had conversations with, and you're definitely one of those people who is so far from the intense character that you play on TV, you're fairly laid back, uh, you're, you're definitely not like this constant scary man like you are on television, and it's funny to see the difference between the two. I get that a lot. <laughs> I get that a lot. I hid from people for a very long time before, like, uh, media became like a total necessity. I, I kept my cards pretty close to my chest. You know, um, I remember meeting a lot of fans, especially in the Indies that were terrified of me. Um, I even met wrestlers. I won't throw them <laughs> under the bus. Some of them are my friends now, but I would meet wrestlers that were terrified of me. And they would be like, dude, please don't suplex me on the top of my head tonight. Like I've got a show on Saturday, a show on Sunday. Is there any way we can get out of the spot? And I'd be like, God, relax. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, relax you know and i was always proud of that uh but yeah I, I know what you mean i think it's you know beyond just you know the character that you play too like you are fairly like big intense looking dude even though you are easygoing i could see you know 
someone working with you being like, oh, man, I hope this guy doesn't just start shooting on me out there because he's intense. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I understand that. I understand that aspect of it. I came up with a combat sports background. Like my father was an amateur wrestler. My grandfather was a boxer. I have a lot of uncles. I have like six uncles and an aunt, all married with kids, huge family. And all of us have been involved with combat sports from a very early age. So, you know, like I legitimately do know what I'm doing um, from that standpoint. You know what I mean? Yep. We're talking about shooting and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. So, wait, I want to know more about that. So, the combat sports background your grandpa was a boxer, your dad did uh, combat sports. Tell me more about that. I'm interested. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure I was so young, but I'm pretty sure my father was um, a gold medalist in the Pan Am Games of Crazy. 89 or 91 for Puerto Rico uh, for wrestling. Um, and one of my grandfathers, I was close with both of them. One of them was uh, like a champion in the army. Like they had their own boxing division, like in-house. Um, but yeah, I just, I grew up waking up in the morning with my dad, and going out in like very cold New York winters and um, like the 6 a.m. practices and, and watching people spar and train and stuff like that. That's always been a part of my life. Even when I moved to Canada, I would, I'd still be involved recreationally on some sort of level with it. And I did, I did compete um, in grappling, like jiu-jitsu, catch wrestling, stuff like that at a very low level. It's called Grappler's Quest. I did that for a long time too. And um, I've just always been interested in martial arts. Like I was born in 85. so. The whole world was on the rise with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Everybody wanted to kick like Van Damme. And, um, you know, then when you, you, know, you start studying martial arts, you learn that there's a little bit more to it than just being able to do like a flashy high kick, which can turn you into a millionaire if you have a good one, let's be honest. Um, but I've just always been involved with martial arts my whole life. Kyokushin, Kai, Jiu-Jitsu, catch wrestling, Sambo, Western-style boxing, Dutch kickboxing. There was actually a guy... He's not super famous, but his name is Mauricio Veil. He was part of the old guard of Shoot They Box. And people may remember that from uh, like Pride Fighting Championship, Vandalay Silva. He had moved up to Toronto, Canada while I was living there. And I was one of his students for a long time. And then I eventually transitioned to one fight team in Vegas. So is that okay? So see that I was gonna because you're someone who I've noticed really likes Japanese, you know, MMA or you know wrestling out there and stuff. Is that why kind of like did that enter your life early because you were into mixed martial arts stuff from a young age? Yeah, I was raised into like uh, martial arts and stuff like that. I'll be honest, when I was little, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I just you know wanted to play with my friends and you know when you're a kid you're you don't understand the benefits of structure and discipline. And uh, my father pushed me through it. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, wow, thank you for pushing me through that. Now this is like, you know, the benefits that came from that are you know, improving every aspect of my life. Communications. No one ever thinks about how martial arts would improve your communications with people, but it does. You learn a lot about yourself, your own temperament, um, what sort of learner you are, whether you're audibly or visual. Um, it was very good for me. So, um, but I mean, I, I've always been a wrestling fan too, since I was very little, like I would come home from like these boxing practices when I was little and I would immediately put on WWE watching Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. So the two have kind of been hand in hand in a funny way. What did your dad think about that back then? He liked it. He thought it was funny. Like he would dress up as the Iron Sheik for Halloween. He loved Iron Sheik. Um, and he was a big guy too. 
um, he liked it. But like a lot of parents, you know, when their kids have these wild aspirations, these big dreams, they don't want to like crush them, but they want their kids to remain somewhat realistic. And, you know, in society, somewhat realistic translates to what is immediately available. And becoming a WWE superstar is the farthest thing possible away from being, you know, readily available to do. So he entertained it, but like most people in my family, you know, we're all like working class. Um, some people in my family are in the service and um, we're just very grounded um, amongst our, our neighborhoods and our culture and stuff like that. Like there's nobody famous in our family. So, you know, as a little kid, when you say you want to do this when you grow up, it's kind of like, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned, you know, it's funny, you mentioned martial arts and how that it brought a discipline to you from a young age. And I do think that that is present from just seeing you on social media and stuff. You do seem like disciplined. You know, you you don't really let social media negativity get to you. You seem to, you know do you you know you have a workout stuff you're very focused on what you need to accomplish for yourself and i think that 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 makes sense now knowing that you've been doing martial arts from such a young age oh and thank you for saying that i appreciate that yeah i think that you know uh discipline is important i think i i was watching i was watching videos of my childhood and there was not uh, recently because i've just been going through all these old videos and discipline was not what I initially had. I just saw these videos of me just running around screaming. I hit hit my dad with a bat at one, well, the toy bat, but I hit my dad with a bat at one point and the camera like instantly turns off when I do it. And I was like, Oh no, I probably got in trouble there. Uh, You know, in your bio, I think it's in your bio or something somewhere on your social media. um, And just from following you, it seems like you're also pretty into philosophy too. Yeah. Big time. Um, I grew up uh, fairly religious, um, family's Christian, and I would hit certain points in my life where I felt like, for me personally, that wasn't enough. And I began to kind of lean into philosophy. Like it just kind of by happenstance, I began to learn about philosophy, different types of philosophers and stuff like that. I got really big into stoicism. This is like in my early 20s, you know, which for a lot of people is like the most frustrating period lives they're coming right out of school it's a massive transition all of a sudden like school's done and you always like you've always wanted school to be done and um now like school's done you almost like don't even know what to do with yourself like if you're not going to post-secondary you know education college university or something you go out of the working world and there's just no empathy (laughs) no sympathy (laughs) it's very harsh You, you know if you don't have mentors in your life or you're afraid to discuss certain things that you might feel insecure about with your parents then you just don't discuss them and like it's a very frustrating period for everybody very much specifically yeah specifically in western culture so i found you know going back and forth between like faith and philosophy um worked very well for me in terms of like helping me find the answers that i needed um i never necessarily found answers specifically in reading something but just to expand my own perspective on what i was dealing with in everyday life um i felt like i got a lot out of that if any of that makes any sense lastly here's a portion of the smackdown roundup Uh, the show began with cody rhodes out first cody says he had the cody said he has the utmost respect for roman reigns 
and that he's looking forward to beating him at WrestleMania. But right now, he wants to speak with Kevin Owens, who he asks to come to the ring. Once Kevin gets to the ring, he says it's not a conversation for two people, it's for three, and welcomes Sami Zayn to the ring. Cody then said he has respect and love for Kevin, since Kevin helped him when he walked away from WWE years ago, and Kevin bettered his livelihood, of course. For those of you who didn't understand what he was talking about then, it's well documented that Kevin Owens is the one that got Cody Rhodes in touch with the Young Bucks, who then formed, you know, who, who then he then, you know, got in that crew with. Um, and then obviously that led to the creation of AEW. So obviously uh, this was a little wink to that. And like I said, I've said a couple times, in the build to this match. I really think it's been smart to kind of wink to some of those AEW things involving Cody because it really does play into the fact that we're seeing an AEW versus WWE dream match at WrestleMania. Kevin says that he's heard everything Sammy had to say these last few weeks, but Sammy says back that he hasn't heard everything Kevin has to say. Sammy explains that he can't understand what makes this time different than all the other times they've turned on each other. And then, of course, all those other times where they were able to make amends, so why can't they make amends now? We can be the ones who take down the ones. He says, we don't even have to be friends, we can just take them down. And Kevin said that he's heard Sammy for weeks say that, that they don't have to be friends in order to take down the bloodline. But why would he fight for someone who doesn't even want to be his friend? Then Kevin walked to the back while Sammy and Cody looked confused. But then after the break, Sammy caught up with Kevin in the parking lot. And Sammy said that none of this bloodline stuff matters and that Kevin is wrong. They'll always be friends. More than that, they're brothers. And if you never want to talk to me again, that's fine, but I love you. An unhappy, an, uh, an unhappy KO then gets into a car and drives off. But you can tell he's conflicted when he gets into that car to drive off. Um, all right, so what did I think about all this? We're going to get to more at the end of the show. Obviously, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you already know how the show ended. But I did feel as though this did a fantastic job of making their reunion make sense. Because you could see this whole time in the story that Kevin Owens' character was just hurt. Like Kevin Owens was trying to get his best friend to help him out, and his best friend continually said, no, screw you. He even embarrassed him on national TV. It's possible, if you if you look at this, the character of Kevin Owens, that might be the most embarrassed his character has ever been on TV, that he let Sammy one-up him in this feud with someone that he's been hating for years now. So it actually makes... A lot of sense that Kevin Owens was hesitant to be friends with Sami Zayn again and help him, even though he has turned on Sami Zayn numerous times in the past. I think it plays into their story that Sami was like the nice one who was always willing to give Kevin a second chance. And I think that Kevin is not necessarily, you know, the quote unquote nice one of the two. <laughs> and I think that it it does take his character uh, some it, it, I understand why it took some convincing for his character. I also think that th this whole opening thing here um 
was smart in the fact that they really haven't shied away from including Cody in all of this. Cody bringing Sammy and Kevin back together, you know, helping to be that mediator so that Sammy could finally tell Kevin, no, like, I do care about you. I love you, man. You're my brother. It only makes you like the Cody character more. You're like, okay, well, Cody is the reason why these two were finally able to get past their beef. So it makes you like Cody, and it makes you want to see these two guys reform their friendship. And it also makes it believable for the Kevin Owens character to accept and move forward. Because it's when you got someone who you've been around that long telling you, like, hey, man, BS aside, all this aside, you're my brother. I love you. It's kind of hard to not forgive that. Like, And, and so I like stories that reasonably make sense when it's all logical things that would happen in real life. And that's kind of how I felt watching this. It was all like things that you would logically see happen in a friendship where two guys have, or two people have fallen out to some degree over some misunderstanding. So I liked Cody being involved in all of this. I liked the way this was done to get us to the end of the show, to get us to that big reunion point. Um, it, 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 you, you, everyone played their part perfectly. Cody is the mediator. Sammy is the guy being like, who, who's almost like us. Hey, we, everyone has seen us turn on each other a million times. What's the deal? And Kevin to kind of explain what's been holding him back this whole time to show that he's actually just been hurt. He's a, a, a human being who's been hurt by his friend, and it and and those and sometimes like those friendships are hard to mend. So I liked all this. I really liked all this. We'll get to my thoughts on the what happened at the end when we get there. But um, I think WWE has really been handling this this story um, perfectly. Really, really enjoyed how they've handled this story. Um, I really was, you know, you've heard me if you've listened to this show every week. You've heard me wonder, like, how are they going to get to a believable point where Kevin and Sammy are on the same side again and Jimmy and Jay are on the same side again? And they did it. You know, you can go back and listen to some of the podcasts where I was like, God, it almost feels like we're not going to get there. But now that we are getting there, um, well played by everyone involved shows that sometimes they know a lot more than us. Uh, Dominic and Rhea versus Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega took place after that. Rhea and Zelina have great chemistry in the ring together. Uh, we need to get back to seeing more of Zelina wrestling. Um, I saw a tweet. Uh, you know what? I don't want to not give credit to this person who said it because it was a good suggestion. Uh it's at who is vindicative, and they said, "Give us Zelina versus Rhea uh, in Puerto Rico for Backlash." Uh, yeah, dude, the chemistry between Rhea and Zelina here was fantastic. Uh, Zelina was refreshed, ready to go in the ring, and just the the vibe of like you know her cruiserweight smaller style with a base such as Rhea Ripley um, plays well together, uh, and I and I liked how they played off of each other. I would definitely like to see more between the two of them down the line once Rhea is champion. I think that doing it in Puerto Rico makes all the sense in the world. Zelina was already talking about how much it would mean to her. Uh, 
you know, just to wrestle at that Puerto Rico show. Uh, Legato have turned face. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's a no-brainer to do that feud in, uh, have that match in Puerto Rico. Um, But Rhea eventually hit the riptide on Zelina for the win. After the match, Dom got on the mic to continue bashing Ray in hopes of getting a match against him at WrestleMania. Ray was then shown walking to the ring on screen, and after the commercial came out to talk with Dom... Ray says he might not have always been there, but he still loves Dom, whether Dom believes that or not. But soon, his son will find out that this business is selfish and that he did what he could do. He did what he did to provide a life for Dom that he didn't have growing up. Ray starts to get emotional and says he would love nothing more than to have Dom standing by his side on the Hall of Fame stage. But Dom clearly doesn't seem interested. So Ray calls him disrespectful, pathetic, and a punk-ass kid. And says he would gladly whoop someone like Dominic's ass at WrestleMania. But he just can't do that with his own son. Fighting you would be the biggest disgrace as a father. Dom asks why not. Because you're doing what you do best and running away. And once again, Ray stands at the top of the ramp looking unhappy about the situation. I agree. Okay, so I didn't... I enjoyed what I saw here because I really do enjoy watching... Uh, Dom just berate Rey Mysterio for being a deadbeat dad. <laughs> He's so passionate about it, and uh, it, it's it's so I, it's entertaining to me, and and to hear the crowd just so badly want Rey Mysterio to beat his child in front of them. Uh, it's just it's it's it's. I hate how much I'm entertained by that thought uh, of just how silly all this is that. We as the WWE Universe just want to see Rey Mysterio beat his child in front of us. But so just the silliness of that, uh, it, it makes me laugh and it, and it keeps me entertained. But um, I do think that I agree with some of the people who are saying that they've kind of been doing the same thing over and over again here now. Like this needs to take it into the next gear. And I understand if they are waiting for the Hall of Fame to do the final angle there, I get that. But, I mean, we've kind of been doing this on both shows now for a minute. I would like to see it kicked up a notch somehow. A threat, maybe from Dominic, to say like, okay, well, if you don't do it and you're at the Hall of Fame ceremony... You don't want to see what I'm going to do to the family dog. I don't know. Uh, oh, Pepe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, just something. Like, I feel like we need something. We get it. We get it. Dominic is mad that Ray is deadbeat dead. We get it. Ray doesn't want to fight his son. We get it. But we've kind of been doing, we've gone back to that same well uh, for a minute now. So I wouldn't mind uh, a little upping the ante as we get closer to WrestleMania to make you think that there's something besides just the Hall of Fame ceremony that could be the thing that pushes Ray over the edge. Because clearly Dominic's not going to push him over the edge with his words. We've seen that for weeks now. So let's see him try something else. I think that would be the most fruitful option. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full 
Raw and SmackDown roundups every week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out. I put a lot of work into them. So I hope that you're enjoying them. And if you are enjoying them, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I think you can only leave an actual review on Apple Podcasts, but leave a a, a rating on Spotify. Just let people know you like this show, please. I want more people to listen to it. (laughs) Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on video so go subscribe to the wwe on fox youtube channel there's also clips from ron smackdown there there's clips from out of character there's youtube shorts there's a community tab everything that you would want out of a youtube channel in wrestling is there on the wwe on fox youtube channel so go make sure you subscribe and also follow wwe on fox on social media twitter facebook instagram tiktok we're on all of them so make sure you are following us there all right you go have a great sunday and we'll be back monday tomorrow to talk about monday night raw once over <laughs>